0: Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Dr. Jason, the leadership linebacker, and I'm excited to have you on today. We're going to be talking about how to navigate the demands of business while remaining true to yourself in the process. You know, at the end of the day, the opportunities to create wealth as a business owner or entrepreneur are no longer out of reach. In fact, if we look at the headlines concerning a rebounding economy and the opportunities for those who seek to venture out into this new sea of business opportunities, their futures really look bright. However, as with anything that is worth the price of the effort, there are risks and sacrifices that must be made. And after nearly two decades in business, I can share with you the one thing that should not be sacrificed in this pursuit of success is your integrity and character. Because at the end of the day, once you lose your integrity and character, the outcomes really will not matter because all that you have lost during that process, you cannot get back. And on today's show, we have a very special guest who not only understands the intricacies of creating success through wealth management, but the premium that should be placed on maintaining who you are during the journey. Michael Brady, the president and CEO of Generosity Wealth Management, is joining us all the way from Colorado today. And I'm confident you will enjoy some of the keen insights that will help you grow your business the right way and with lasting impact. But before we introduce Michael, you know, I just want to share with everyone that we care about your personal and your business growth. And for that reason, we want you to navigate over to JasonCarthen.com. have some free personal development resources there for you and then also some business tools that you can use immediately to help you grow your business. And one last reminder, we have the I Speak Life Academy workshop. You know, we run these workshops every month to help you get better and to help you really navigate how to move forward with your business. The next one is coming up on June 27th. We're going to be talking about how to lead and manage effectively in any setting. So, Now, without further ado, I want to share with you just a little bit about Michael. You know, he's passionate in his commitment to helping clients achieve the financial wealth and well-being for their families and the community they live in. He brings 24 years, that's 24 years, everybody, of real-world practical experience meeting the financial needs of clients from all walks of life you know, with varying concerns. In addition to providing broad-based investment guidance, Mike also specializes in helping clients find tax-smart, cost-effective solutions to their investment needs while planning for the catastrophic losses that can sometimes occur in life. He's been married for over 18 years and he's lived in Boulder, Colorado for 22 years. He enjoys running and cycling and he's also a martial arts guru. <laughs> I'm gonna talk to him a little bit about that. He is also our avid reader. He is interested in products for the developing world, homelessness, abject poverty, and genocide prevention. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you, sir?
1: I am doing great. This is a true honor to be on your show. Thank oh,
0: you. Oh, Mike, thank you so much, man. I, you know, it's it's always interesting when I have a chance to meet and talk to so many different people. I hear about different stories of triumph, uh, different challenges. And your story was very unique to me. And I know we're going to unpack that a little bit uh, towards the middle of the show. But I want to ask you, what are you doing these days? Bring us up to speed. I know you're a busy man, president CEO. You're doing all these things. Tell us something that's really taking place in your life right now that you'd love for our audience to hear about.
1: Well, you know, I have a, a full life. It is so much fun. Not only do I have a business aspect, you know, I'm working with great clients, you know, every day. I like them. They like me. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of fun. But I'm also involved in a lot of charity work as well. I'm on five charity boards. Uh, I'm a, an advisor up at a group of men uh, up at one of the northern Colorado uh, colleges. And um, I just think that being a part of your community just provides a, a full life. And that's just really one of my commitments. I don't want to look back on my life and say, wow, did I make an impact? Uh, you know, what, you know I, I want to be proud of who I am, and uh, I'm living it right now. I mean, it just can't get any better.
0: Wow. You know what, Michael, I just want to say I thank God for you because at the end of the day, not many people can say what you just shared. You are trying to be intentional. And, you know, that's my heart. Every every show, I try and tell people, hey, live every day on purpose and be very intentional. And the fact that not only are you doing something in the business arena to help people, but you are also impacting men, Because there's just, it doesn't happen as often as it should. So many times, men, we want to be strong and we want to be silent. And then things come in and either steal our joy or or they impact us in a negative way. And it sounds like you are being intentional with that. So, brother, I thank God for you. And I just pray that you'll continue to uh, walk this path and he'll give you the energy you need. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now (laughs) you have a lot of things going on. We've already heard a little bit of that, but it sounds like you also have some passions related to finance. Can you give me a little insight on how you came up with generosity wealth management? Because some people would say those are not synonymous with one another. So talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Well, you bet. Well, I I, um, created my own firm, and I'll talk a little bit about my story here today. But I created Generosity Wealth Management about six and a half years ago, right at the end of 2008, the beginning of 2009. And I had just come off a two year uh, time to to reflect and to to be in in the world. I actually took a little sabbatical for about a year and a half. And when I kind of, uh, at the end of 2008, I realized that a lot of people had. Um, some fear around money, Um, but people also wanted to do good in the world. So here, on the one hand, people wanted to do good in the world, but they weren't quite sure how to do that. But they also might have some fear about uh, losing what they might have already or if they had a, a, a... quite a, a lot, in abundance, how people might perceive them if they knew how much money they had, etc. Yes. And so I work with people, and the reason why I name my company Generosity is I do believe that there's abundance in the world. It's an attitude. And I work with people to help guide them so that they can be generous with themselves. They can feel comfortable, get rid of some of that fear, um, so they feel that they can be generous with themselves. And if I can work with them and they can get to where they're generous with themselves, then... They can be generous with their family and their friends. And if that's what they choose to do, I, I help them with that as well. And for those people who can be generous with themselves, content, are generous with their family, um, taking care of their family, and want to do more, then I help guide them uh, ways to be generous with their communities, both local and uh, global. Mm-hmm. And so it's really all of those really various areas on how do you be generous with yourself, and outside people and do so in a in a positive way um, you know using using your resources so that's wow. why i named my company generosity wealth management it's a real it's a life it's a movement it's a it's more than just a, a thing it's it's really the why not just the how of of wealth management and that's why i named my company generosity wealth management
0: you know what mike i love that i mean it's the way you you have woven a few key concepts into really just a mindset, you know? I mean, when you think about being generous with yourself, it will really allow you to then help others, you know, to allow them to be able to move forward. So I think you've tapped into something that is much greater than just the idea of managing wealth at the end of the day. And and I, and I really feel like you've uh, you've been able to start something with this. And one other thing that you shared there, uh, you talked about being content, you know? and. You know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about when someone is content, how that may open the doors to bless other people, and then it also demonstrates, you know, their ability to maybe even do the same thing, but that contentment has to be there. I mean, would you agree with that?
1: I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, contentment, um, that's one of the, the lessons that I've learned in my life, and, and, um, particularly in my adult life, is, uh, you know, we do all of this planning, and... Uh, you know, we, we think that a, a certain outcome is going to happen, and then it doesn't work that way. And You've right. got to be comfortable. You've got to be okay with that. And being content as well with, um, with what you have, the talents you have, the way things unfold, it, it's such a cliche that life is a journey, but mm-hmm. it truly is.
0: Yes. And,
1: you know, one of the things a very close friend of mine once said is that um, you can drive from Denver to L.A. in the dark only seeing 100 yards in front of you. And you've got to just be content with that. You've got to just kind of trust that it's going to work out. And being content with what you have and the path that you're on, Um, you know, always striving to better. I'm not trying to say, um, you know, just coasting in any way. But but being content with with what you have in your place, I think, is is true happiness.
0: Yeah, that is. And you know what, Mike, at the end of the day, that is very mature. I mean, the way you've just described that because – you know, so many times we have this tendency, especially in society now, to want what we want right now. And I don't care how much uh, you get is still, a, 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 I guess you'd say, a temptation to go, ah, OK, well, I've reached this goal. Now I want to go to the next goal. And that contentment can sometime elude us. And I think. At the end of the day, and, I, and I'll share that because you know when I share at the end of the day, I truly mean that. You know, we can't take any of this stuff with us. <laughs> the more right. that we impact people positively, that will be the true legacy. You know, that we leave for others. So,
1: that's right. And, and I wish that this lesson that that I've learned was was um, was an easy one, but it wasn't. I mean, I. I um, had some wealth, um, I had a very financial catastrophic event, I've now recreated that, and so it really, um, when they say that money doesn't buy happiness, it's, it's true, and yes. sometimes you have to have something to know that, you know, maybe it's, it's really not real, <laughs> yeah. and even if you have it, that really once again, it's a cliche, but I truly believe it.
0: Yeah. And see, Mike, you know, we're going to take a break here in a second, but I want you to share with our listeners. I mean, we're going out to a little over 185,000 people. One of the things that I want you to share with our listeners before we transition here, we got about maybe two, three minutes. You were impacted negatively by the 2008 financial crisis. You know, why don't you share a little bit of your story leading up to that? You got a couple of minutes and then we'll transition if we need to.
1: You bet. I'll try to make it, um, you know, in a couple of minutes. Um, you know, I, I, I moved out here to Colorado right after college. So I've been out here um, about 22 years. And I, 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 I met up with a, a man who had a, a wealth management firm that he was trying to grow. And I was very proud of the fact that we were able to grow a very small uh, firm into, by the time I left it in 2006, into a very large firm. Uh, lots of clients, hundreds of clients, hundreds of millions of dollars that we were managing. And along that way, um, he was a very creative person. Um, we not only were doing um, wonderful things with clients, but we also I co-founded a, a brokerage firm. Uh, we I co-founded a public mutual fund. Uh, we co-founded a public, in, uh, or excuse me, a private investment fund um, that I thought was really ahead of its its time. Uh, you know, well diversified. Um, in some great strategies that uh, that really serve the the needs I thought at that time of, of the client and so and, and I also did a little bit of international uh, banking there in Geneva in oh four and 05 oh, and nice. so in a very I know in a very short time you know through my 20s and in my all the way up to my mid 30s I had a very broad knowledge at a very high level and it was a great opportunity
0: mm. Um And it sounds like, you know, being able to do all these different things, you know, a a private investment fund, broker's firm, even some international banking, that was no small feat. And I'm sure many things had to go into that. And, you know, at the top of the show, we talked about navigating the demands of business while remaining true to yourself in the process. Let me ask you this, you know, before we segue you had all these things going on and you were a young man <laughs> at that time. Yes. You know, how did you remain true to yourself or did you have temptations that really sort of pushed you, you know, to maybe think about some things or question some things at that point? Take about a minute here.
1: Okay. Well, that that really is how I started to leave. I left that, that firm in 2006 because something that you said, that's right. I started to have questions. It started to unravel in my own mind. And I really didn't know. It's an intuition. You know, um, sometimes it's like that sixth sense. You can't really say why, but some things just didn't start to, to feel right. Mm. And I didn't know what it was, but I needed some some time away, some distance, in order to figure out what that was. And so, yes, I was tempted. Yes, I worked all the time. Yes, that's all I did was work. I wasn't really involved in my community in any way. And after um, high success for many years, it, um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't happy. Uh, mm. it, it wasn't fun anymore. Um, mm. I, I went To go to sleep, I'd have to uh, kind of mentally partition off okay i'm not going to think about this irritating thing so that i don't obsess over it at three in the morning i've got to and so it was a whole process just to to get a full night's sleep and uh that's really what started to lead me towards saying well maybe there's a different way but i didn't know what that was yet
0: (laughs) well mike you know what i am enjoying your testimony already now we're going to segue to a break but what i'd like to do when we come back i want to pick this up because You just shared what many people that are listening to the show have to deal with and something that I even struggle with sometimes. You know, you have to figure out, how can I really achieve both and as opposed to either or? You know, you have a situation where you're saying you are partitioning off your thought processes and brother, I've had to do that too. (laughs) It's like, I gotta shut this thing down. But some people would say, in order to achieve success, I have to stay focused and disciplined But it sounds like that's not always the case. So stay tuned. We're going to pick it back up after the break. Hey, everybody, you are listening to the Leadership Linebacker, and we're talking about navigating the demands of business and remaining true to yourself in the process with Mike Brady. Stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back everybody this is Dr. Jason and we are talking about navigating the demands of business and remaining true to yourself in the process and I can tell you that Mike Brady has lived this thing he's uh, really shared with us that he was at the pinnacle I mean he's doing international deals uh, in Geneva he's doing some banking all over and making an impact but it sounds like he began to have questions And he knew that at the end of the day, this was not it. And we're going to pick this back up because, you know, Mike, before we went to break, you were sharing that, you know, through those questions, you wanted to really figure out, okay, how you could unplug, how you could remain true to yourself and still manage to deal with these questions and still be successful. Now, Give us a little insight into what you mean when you say, you know what? I literally had to partition off my thoughts so I could get rest and unplug. What was that like? And what advice would you give (laughs) to some of our listeners who may still be there right now?
1: Yeah, well, uh, and and that's absolutely what, and and that's exactly what I was doing. um, And I didn't realize it until about three or four months after I left that company when. I realized, wow, I just went to sleep last night and then woke up, and I didn't have to work at it. Wow, that was interesting. It was almost <laughs> like an epiphany. Yep. And it was that, that, because when you're in it, sometimes it's hard to, to recognize it. And I, that, it was a lot of the drama. It was a lot of the unnecessary um, interpersonal uh, you know, interactions that I was having with some of my partners. Mm-hmm. It was the high-pressure, of uh, you know of that particular company, and it was it was very difficult, and I it was pretty much all that I had known since getting out of college. So from my point of view, that's just the way things were. I mean, right. I had nothing to to compare it to, and only by I did an awful lot of of um, of reading of books, you know, personal development books. Um, I had the opportunity to talk with some very wise uh, coaches. Um, you know, life coaches to, to really say, you know, I'm at this, I'm stuck here. You know, I'm not sure what to do and it's scary to move on. Right. I know that this isn't right, but this is all I know. So therefore, how do I have to get rid of the fear? How do I get the confidence in order to, to change, either change it before it changes me or completely exit myself you know, from the situation. And right. that was really a lot of the process there. It was, it was a multiple year process um, sure. through the, the middle 2000s.
0: Sure, absolutely. And Mike, you know, I'm just thankful that you were able to really do some serious self-assessment. And it sounds like you have switched gears and you're more into the both and proposition now. You can still have that success in high finance without Many of the things that really began to debilitate you, and you know, one of the things, you know, I had the opportunity. I, I was blessed to to attend Harvard Business School, and one of the things we would do, we would do case studies, and one of the research case studies dealt with the idea of the shelf life for those that are in high finance. You only have so many years before either you succumb to it, uh, or you figure out exactly how much you can take. And then the percentages show that you either walk away from it or you do what you've done. You retool and figure out what works for you. And it sounds like you're doing that. Now, let me ask you, what advice did you receive as you changed your life from high finance to moving into the realm of charity? Because you are doing a lot of things in terms of uh, charity.
1: Yes, yes. Well, my my. Um... Because I was a, a planner, you know, always strategically planning and, and I kind of needed things to be, you know, more exact. Well, this is what I'm going to do next quarter or next year. It, it, to, to stop that and to say, wow, I'm not sure. To open myself up to, you know, to what's available without knowing what that is was very scary. And so uh, I spent a, a few moments with my very good friend. Her name is Torkin. And she's like, Mike, you know, you've got to trust yourself that at a certain point, Decisions are going to come before you that you have to make. and You've got to just trust yourself that you're going to make the right decision. You don't know what that is. You can't sit there and plan on what those uh, you know, points of, of decisions are going to have to be. But you got to just trust yourself and that it's going to work out. And that was a, a, a great piece of advice. This is the same woman who, who told me that you could go from, from Denver to L.A. in the dark only seeing a little bit as long as you have the general direction of where you 're going and you 've got to trust yourself with all of your accumulated knowledge and experience that you will in fact make the right decision at the right time it 's not perfect, and if you, you don 't make the right decision, make it recoverable and, and quickly you know get back onto that path, get back onto that exit you know uh, get off the exit and back onto the right interstate but 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 really, you've got to trust yourself and don't let fear hinder you from taking that first step. That mm-hmm. was very powerful for me because I was,
0: I was scared. I'm not going to lie. What was the biggest, when you say fear, because many of us, I've learned this over the years, many of us may be struggling with the same things, but what did you fear specifically? Was it uh, the notoriety, the success, or was it the fear of the unknown when we talk about Business. Which one is it? And, and I'm glad that, you know, Torkin was able to give you some insight into what mm-hmm. was taking place. But which one did you deal with the fear?
1: Well, the, the fear for me was since this is all that I knew and I had some book knowledge, I suppose, of what uh, something else could be. I was just wondering if I um, I had the best out there. And here I was not even satisfied with that. Maybe I was a fool. Maybe this is the best. It's, it's like someone who had an opportunity to, to be an early investor in Microsoft or Apple or to, to sell their company for $3 billion and then all of a sudden, um, you know, it goes bankrupt later and they say, wow, I wish I could. You know, I had a great, right. I missed that opportunity. It was more of a, a fear of, wow, this company is doing great, doing wonderful things, and I want to get off the train mm. just because... I might have some difficulty sleeping or or i might i think that there's more out there, but I don't know that for a fact. It was a little bit of the unknown and and um yeah, know. It, yeah. It was a lot of that
0: a possible missed opportunity and you know people <laughs> people deal with that all the time and I, and i'm just I'm glad that you know you were able to muster up the courage because you know, when I go and speak or do trainings, I talk about the catalyst for any major decision in your life is filled with the idea of courage. If you if you lack the courage, then you're not going to take some risk. You're not going to step into the unknown. And, you know, you were able to really say, mm, at the end of the day, who cares? I have to do this thing so I can be true to myself, so I can get some decent rest. And you know what? I'm still young. I can still move forward. I can still do great things. And your testimony right now is just really proof of that. So let me ask you this then, Mike, uh, before we transition here in a little bit, you know, what happened specifically with the unraveling of the company? You know, did, did they just uh, kind of fall apart there or what took place in 2008? Because you left uh, amidst, uh, a lot of unrest at that point. So talk to me a little bit about that.
1: It was, it was, unfortunately it was quite spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish it was just a, 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 you know, a slow unraveling, but no, it was, it was quite spectacular. I left the firm in 2006 and we had this private investment fund that I was really proud of. I felt comfortable uh, recommending uh, many clients go into it. And, um, and I had a lot of my own money Uh, in it as well. My personal wealth was in it as well. And I left in 06. And so I took 2007 and 2008 and I went to East Africa. I got involved in a number of different charities, some social entrepreneur projects in Uganda. I got involved in some, uh, uh, this genocide reconciliation work in Rwanda. Uh, I got involved in a lot of different projects in 2007 and 2008. And I thought since I had sold my interest in the company to my partners, and they were going to pay me out over five years, you know, it was it was a, it was a good sum of money to, to a to a young man in his thirties, um, you know, a few million, and um, I, I I was you know very happy you know <laughs> in this new transition.
0: Well, let me do this. We're going to segue to break, and I want to pick this back up because on the front side, it sounds like you should have been happy. A few million, you know, they're going to pay you back over a period of time. But something tells me, you know, there was some risk associated with that timeline. So when we come back from break, you know, Mike is going to share with us what really went down, and we're going to figure out how he navigated that divide. Stay tuned, everybody. back, everybody. This is Dr. Jason, the leadership linebacker, and we're talking about navigating the demands of business while remaining true to yourself in the process. And Mike Brady has been sharing some uh, nuggets here with us because, you know what, he came to a pinnacle in his life and he had to make some hard choices. And before we went to break, he was telling us that things had changed in his life. Mike, can you bring us back up to speed and let us know what happened, you know, with this transition?
1: Yes, yes. Well, I, I left the firm and at the end of '06, so I took '07 and 08 off, and I was I was traveling. I w- really uh, became involved in a number of different charities. I mean, I was, uh, from my point of view, I made a, a pretty drastic um, focus change, and really was working on uh, the community and. Uh, I, but, but now it was uh, about the, the middle of 2008, I just uh, landed, came back from, uh, from Uganda and Rwanda, and um, I sat down with a, a few of my old partners, and um, they said, you know, we're really unsatisfied as well, we think we're going to leave the company. I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's, that's quite drastic, they, right. they had the, re- the relationships with all the clients, and, um, the main partner, the main, the guy who really owned most of the company, he came to me and he said, uh, Mike, I, I want you to come back in. And so I really had to think about that. And I'm like, well, you know, um, because the, the, um, the company still owed me a lot of money. I, of course, my interest was to make sure that the company continued and flourished so that they were able to pay me out. So my, my interests were aligned with the company sure. without question. Okay. But I said, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I, I, I really have moved on in my life. I, I don't want to come back into the company. Well, then um, the financial crisis hit. This is September, October of 2008. And come to find out, and I didn't know this at the time, but um, the private investment fund had dramatically changed its makeup. It had uh, it, it was well diversified. Now it was very concentrated in a number of really um, – Bad sectors, you know, we have we, got to put ourselves back into two thousand and eight. Remember how the sure. you know, every day it was is is the financial world gonna collapse. No, I mean it was really
0: bad.
1: a unique time that here six and a half years later we've maybe kind of finally gotten over it but and forgotten, but at the time every day was very important and um, essentially the fund had almost lost hundred percent overnight. Whoa. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yes. And so this was impactful, not only for the company, but for all of those clients as well. Wonderful, good people who had put their money and their trust in a fund that they, they thought was, was not high risk. Okay. Uh. And so I personally, um, had my my money in there and they owed me a lot of money so I'd gone from working for many years to save up money just like many of these clients I mean once again these are salt of the earth people all of a sudden they've lost their life savings as well or at least they believed as it's turned out now six six and a half years later there has been some recovery of it but but not even a hundred percent it was right. very painful and at that time it was the first time that I realized that in that two-year time frame, he'd gone on margin. He he had done all the bad things that you hear about um, in that leading up to the financial crisis was unfortunately being done in this fund, and I, I didn't know about it, and the clients didn't know about it as well,
0: and Well, let it me, all came. Well, yes. And let me ask you this then, because it, it sounds like you know things had really changed drastically yeah. and yeah. you had a choice to make you know basically everything had fell to pieces you know and you had a choice because you had these salt of the earth clients these good people some who maybe had even invested all that they had you know mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out okay how do I move forward how do I you know get past this How were you able to make the choice? You know, are you going to support the clients or are you going to support your old partner? At the end of the day, how did you make the choice? What happened?
1: Well, one of the the difficult things is that all of a sudden the company got quiet with all the communication. They told the clients, yep, maybe you lost all your money, and uh, the clients justifiably were quite concerned, and because I had a very close relationship with many of them, they were, they were friends, they called me at my home, mm-hmm. and they said, Mike, you, you know, can you help me out? What does this really mean? I don't understand this, or what are the ramifications? What are my choices? And, and I'd been out, you know, for a couple of years, but I still, it, it was an instant thing. It was, um, believe it or not, there was very little thought about it, um, that it just was the right thing to do. Mm. And, and that's part of, I think, ethics and values <laughs> and keeping true to yourself right. is, and trusting yourself that when it really is um, going to come before you, a, a big ethical decision, you're going to make the right decision, particularly if you've prepared yourself. You said, I want to live, very purposefully, you say, I want to live a right life. I don't want to, for me, I used to, to tell the guys in the office, And I didn't want to go to the grocery store and worry about who I was going to bump into. Um, I always wanted to live my my life with my head held high. And this was one more reason. I could not see how I could look back on my life and say, just for a little bit of money, um, I didn't do the right thing. Mm. And yes, that was a tough choice because it was in my best interest of millions of dollars to support the company. And right. these the clients I helped organize them because they didn't know each other. I, I mean, they, they were individuals. It's sort of like all the patients of a doctor don't you know, they don't understand they don't know other patients. And so I helped bring them together into an investment committee to, as a group, talk with you know the old company and to negotiate with them and to go through it together. They um, so that it wasn't just individual people. It was a a more powerful group to get their answer and to get their needs met um, from a communication point at, uh, you know, at that time. And like, that put me at odds. I'm not going to lie. Oh, was, I,
0: I can only imagine. <laughs> Let me cut in for a second. Cause I can only imagine. And I think we need to really figure it out why you were able to do that because You know what? At the top of the show, we talked about really the pursuit of success can sometimes make you second guess integrity and character. But I want to hear just a little bit more of, of how you you were able to say, "Okay, this is right and this is wrong. Did it have something to do with your your upbringing or was it something that you had seen demonstrated over a period of time? Because, you know, we're talking strength of character now because. Why you don't want to be seen at the grocery store and and hide and go down <laughs> the aisles mm-hmm. because you don't want to talk to people, some people will still do what they have to do and not care about the looks or whatever may come their way because we're talking about a few million that you had to make sure you would have, you know, for for long term you know success and being able to transition and continue to do charity. So what was it? How did you know in your upbringing, you know these values of right and wrong, or or am I off the beaten path here? Was it something no, else?
1: No, no, it was all of those things it, it's a combination of them. I was blessed to have a great upbringing um, north of the north of Detroit, a suburb of Detroit, and uh, great parents who loved me they um, you know we would have uh, uh, they r- raised me in a Christian family, devotions in the evening. I went to a parochial uh, Lutheran school from first grade to 12th grade, that really challenged me continually. It was a very safe environment, and that was really the the beginning of the foundation for me of ethics and values and doing the right thing. And and as I look back on my life, I, I realized that I kept gravitating towards various groups that were also ethically based. Um, you know, when I was in college, I joined a fraternity that was very values-based fraternity. I, um, I've joined Rotary. Rotary is an ethics and values-based service organization. Um, I read books all the time and, and seem to associate with, with people who that's a big part of who they are. And one of my very good friends um, told me, uh, I, I met him in the, in the 2000s, but he, in the, in the 80s, um, he uh, was—he um, had some legal tr- trouble, okay, major legal trouble. And he had a, a spiritual teacher, um, a Buddhist spiritual teacher, and the, the, the law, the, the police were building a case against uh, my friend, and uh, he knew that they were building the case, and so he had to make a choice whether to flee the country or to you know, confess and turn himself in. And so he went to his teacher, and the teacher, as, as I understand, as he tells the story, said, well, you do have that choice, but if you do the wrong thing, you can no longer be my student because you have insulted everything that I've tried to teach you. Mm-hmm. And this person, he, he uh, did turn himself in and ended up doing 15 years of federal Maximum security prison. <laughs> All right. Oh, so it wow. was a huge ramification. He told me the story after he'd already, you know, come out of prison and was already. A very motivational um, person himself uh, going out and teaching people about making the right choice not to be a victim you know to to take responsibility for your actions um, because you know his best thinking God landed him in jail so we had to rethink how he was thinking and with all of the foundation and then with that story and that example from from him it, it was very easy for me to make the choice to help these people out even to the detriment of me, because I knew that I would look back on it and say, "This was the right thing." And right. Uh,
0: well, Mike, let me let me share this with you. I think that's powerful that that you shared that. And, and we come back from when we come back from break, we're going to we're going to just unpack this a little bit more. We want to figure out exactly what happened to you because it sounds like you had what I like to say is a lot of skin in the game, and I want to know what you had to sacrifice and how you were actually impacted or hurt in the process. So stay with us. Uh, Hey everybody, we are talking to Mike Brady. He is the president and CEO of Generosity Wealth Management and he's sharing some nuggets with us. When we come back, we're gonna continue to unpack this. And I also want Mike to share how you can get in contact with him because he needs to really continue to share this message with as many people as possible. Stay tuned everybody. Be sure to join us July 24th for this year's Celebrity Golf Classic sponsored by the Leaders of Tomorrow Initiative at Glen Eagles Golf Course in Twinsburg. For more information, join us on the web at www.thelotinitiative.org or call us at 330-425-0962. We need your help! And now, back to Dr. Jason Carthen and Discover the Leader in You. All right. Welcome back, everybody. And yes, that is a great reminder. I thank the young ladies for that commercial there. We have the Celebrity Golf Classic coming up on July 24th. And you know what, we'd love to have your participation, you know, so make sure you reach out and uh, go to the and stay connected there. You'll see all the details for that great charity focused event. We have been talking to Mike Brady and really just unpacking just the realities of business and how you can have some demands that are on the surface and some that are under the surface in terms of integrity and character. And, and Mike, I really want people to be able to connect with you. If people want to connect with you, how would they do that? Do you have a website? Are you on social media? Give us an overview.
1: You bet. All of the above. Uh, My, my website is, www.generositywealth.com, generositywealth.com. I also have, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, you know, under Michael Brady. Um, I've also uh, got a Twitter, uh, generosity underscore WM. And of course, well, we can do it the old fashioned way. They can always call me (laughs) 303-747-6455.
0: I love email.
1: that. <laughs> Mike at generositywealth.com, too. The real old, well, I guess the phone is the real old way, but the medium way is the uh, email, Mike at generositywealth.com.
0: Oh, I am cracking up over here because, you know, the reality is that we have transcended <laughs> <laughs> in terms of communication, and it's so many ways to connect with one another. But, you know, just your, your personality. I absolutely love your personality, Mike, because, you know what, you seem very down to earth and approachable. And that is the sort of thing that people need in terms of when they're talking about dealing with someone else's finances. And and it's obvious you've already uh, really stepped up, you know, when, when you were under pressure to make a good decision that was going to cost you something. You did that in terms of integrity. So people should connect with you and and hopefully they will. And, you know, one of the things before we went to break, you know, I was trying to figure out how were you impacted? You had a lot of skin in the game, almost two million <laughs> words. Mm-hmm. So you know how were you hurt and or helped by making a choice to organize the clients against your former partner and and in some ways even your boss?
1: Yeah, yeah. well, it was even more than a, in a couple million. it was It was getting closer to three million mm. and it was it was almost everything that I had, everything that I had, had worked for. And even from a reputation point of view, I was really—I had associate. I was so proud. It's—it's it's sort of like someone working very hard at at Enron or some company, and then all of a sudden, outside of your control, all of a sudden the it, 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 perception has changed, and it—it um, it, it, was—it was tough because all of a sudden I found myself, um, you know, now in my late thirties with. Some uh, with with less money. Right. right. I, I, I lost most of my money, and I needed. To, I, I had already decided that I wanted to start a firm. I, I was already in the creation stage of generosity when this all kind of went down, and so I did hurry it up a little bit, of course. But I um, um, you know, I was I was harmed because from a financial point of view, it was it was a little bit slower starting that firm. But I knew that it was the right thing. Many of the the clients um, became my, my first clients, you know, of my new firm, and it has continued to grow. I mean, exponentially. You know, every year um, I, I've doubled almost every other year since then, and that's one of the advices that I pieces of advice that I give people is don't expect instant. Results, you know, when you're starting a firm, you know, in the first year or two, I, I was able to take a long-term vision for it, and uh, just to, to always stay positive, you know, don't let fear, don't let all the people saying, oh, you can't do this or can't do that, um, don't don't listen to them. If you know what's right, just go forward with it with the right attitude. I had the knowledge, but I also combined it with the attitude, and together they can be really really positive. And it, you know, I, I wish I could say that it was. Uh, easy at the beginning, you know, that I was always, you know, happy. I, I had some sleepless nights. I had some, some worries, but I I identified it I'm saying, wow, this is a concern of mine. I, I'm, I realize that I'm feeling this way. I'm realizing I'm having some fear. I realize I'm feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. I better change that. And so for me to be successful, I joined other groups of, of CEOs and so that we could help one another out. And so it, that's it, it, my life has never been better. It, it, uh, they always say that, um, you know, you'll look back on this and, uh, you know, it'll be a great lesson. Well, I used to say that at the time, I used to also joke that I'm really looking forward to looking back at this because living <laughs> it was really tough. Yeah. And uh, really, I, I, the appreciation, the humility, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of being a, a good human being and a good advisor, a good business owner is also the humility of saying, I'm "Going to do the best I can, I'm going to really work with you know my clients or customers, whatever that business owner might have, but do so without arrogance, with tolerance, you know, all those things." And and that's really what I learned uh, yeah. a lot of what I learned
0: here. And Mike, that's you know that's what I alluded to earlier in the show. I mean, just your your personality—you seem to be very even-keeled. Uh, that's a good thing. You know, when you talk about really some of the stressors that begin to press in. You know, I like to tell people all the time that the true you is gonna show up, you know, when it starts to get interesting and the pressures come in and, you know, just life in general can start to press in. You need to have that even keel sort of way about you. and. You know, I guess it leads to another question that I have, and we're gonna—we're almost out of time. I mean, I this is—I know. I'm so disappointed. It's, it's, i disappointed. I want another hour. Oh my god, so Well, I'll bring you back because I mean, we're just really scratching the surface. But you know, one of the things that I want our listeners to really understand how can how can people be prepared to make an ethical decision before they have to make it? You know, because. You know, hey, what happened to you was pretty unique, and you know what, no one told you, "Well, hey, Mike, get ready for this." You know, the company may deal with this, and you're going to have to make a decision. (laughs) So, you didn't have that prior knowledge. So, how would you suggest people get ready to make a ethical decision before they have to make it? Give us some insight.
1: Yes, well, I knew that making the ethical decisions was important to me, and so I did. My homework, I read books, and I kind of prepared myself for it. Uh, I like to think of it like um, like a free throw at a pro basketball game. You know, when it really matters, you, you, you know, hopefully that he'll make the free throw. But he's probably done it 10,000 times to prepare for that one second that it really matters. And it's the same way, I think, with some of these ethical decisions. As I look back, because I've asked myself the same question, how did I do that? And I realized that I was on a path, sometimes not even knowing it, of exploring um, other people, talking with other people who've made tough decisions, and and learning from them. Uh, set myself up in, in groups that uh, were very value and ethics based. But also, you know, I, I was blessed to have that foundation of a of a religion as well. And so whether that is, you know, Christian or Jewish or Muslim, whatever whatever that is. Um, find that foundation. What do you really believe? What's your conviction? Know what that is about yourself. And so that you don't, you got to know what you stand for. So you can know when you're, you're deviating from it. And Mm -hmm. I I spent a lot of time on that. That's what I, that's what I advise, you know, the advice that I give to people is what do you really stand for? Who do you want to be known for?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very clear. yeah, and I thank you for that. And I think my, my faith in Christ has really allowed me to be able to move forward and have some of these questions answered before those pressing things come in. And and I think that's directly in line with what you shared. And you know what? I just want to say thank you, Mike, for being on the show. We are out of time. And you know, the, the reality is that we've been talking about some serious stuff today, and I'm just glad that you came on, so thank you for being on the well, show today.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, everybody, I just want to, first of all, say shout-out to my Cleveland Cavaliers. I know we lost Kyrie Irving last week, but our reality is that, hey, we are all in, and we can still do this thing. Make sure you tune in tonight. I think LeBron James is going to make this thing happen for us, and He has a great supporting cast, just like I have a fantastic supporting cast in the studio right now. And just want to say to everybody, make sure you stay connected with us on Discover the Leader in You. We're doing some amazing things, and we have some great shows coming up very soon. My beautiful bride, just want to give you a shout out as well. Love you, honey. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthon.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthon. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to JasonCarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to Discover the Leader in You. If you would like to be a sponsor for Discover the Leader in You, call Scott Souza at one 552 2995 That's 1-440-552-2995.